Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Miracle Mindset. I have with me a very special, very beautiful guest, Yola Robert. She is an incredible podcaster actually. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. She's a content creator. She's also a journalist and you have worked with some of the hugest brands, magazines, and some of the biggest outlets in the world. Um, so thank you for staying down with us today. I'm really of excited course, to have you. Thank you for on. having me. I'm so glad to see you. And you've been traveling, going to New York, Miami, everywhere. You, your New York post was like, I want to move to New York now. Oh my gosh. We're well, going to come visit. Yeah. But if you move, we, I have to come visit. And I, like my fiance, I was like, babe, we need to do outfit reels like that. <laughs> and he's like, he's so, he's like taking cues from Alex. He's oh getting my gosh. There. I love it. Look, there's a time and a place and it's and it's fun. Like I have to I really have to nail Alex down. Like when he's not super busy, I'm like, can we do this? And he's like, okay. I know. I'm we're taking cues, major tips from you guys. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> well, I like to start every single podcast episode by asking the guests, what is your what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Oh my goodness. There's so many. And I think in different stages of your life the best piece of advice changes, right? It's very true. It's it's fluid. It's very fluid. I think like right now, I would say in this stage of my life is focusing on, you know, making every little habit, mm -hmm. every little task, everything I do in my daily routine and life, does it add up to the big picture mm -hmm. of where I'm headed? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, don't do it. So being like more aware. Very conscious of aware. your where you're putting your energy. And if it doesn't align with your goals and where you're going, mm -hmm. then say no. Learning to say no. Learning mm -hmm. to, to know that like your path is your path. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't feel like you need to be everywhere in every industry. Mm -hmm. um, can, you don't, you know, you stay, you know, you always say it, stay in your lane, right? Yeah, yeah. So kind of, Kind of like that, like stay in your path and like follow your intuition, your gut, and you know what your path is, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as you start getting distracted with, you need to be like this person, you need to dress like this, you need to shop like this, you need to be in this industry, you need to change the way you talk, look. As soon as you start to divert from your authentic self and where mm -hmm. you're headed, then you're, you know, you're, you're setting, setting yourself, up. and you're setting yourself back instead yeah. of propelling yourself forward. So just really narrowing down on like where I'm going mm -hmm. and making sure that everything I'm doing is part of that bigger picture. Yeah, that's great advice. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've realized yeah. over those last couple of years since this pandemic has happened. Like since I've been spending less time and energy and effort to, you know, how easy it is someone's actually like, oh, let's go get coffee. So you go, but then, you know, you, you can fill your whole week up and by- you By know, getting before, coffee. Yeah, and you don't even realize that you're, like you've drained yourself and your energy and your time and you haven't even been productive like you need to be. And the other thing I started um, doing more often is like, prioritizing my tasks mm -hmm. by like, like especially during the week, mm -hmm. is it a money-making activity? Mm -hmm. Is it a money-generating act? Is there an ROI to get going to coffee return with someone? Return on investment. Yeah, return on investment for going to get coffee with someone that you're not like super close, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like why are we getting coffee? Are, gonna, oh, are, are we gonna be friends? Or yeah, is like, like, and if it's yeah. something more friendly, can it wait till the weekend? Mm -hmm. Can it wait till like after 
my work hours. Yeah. So I used to not prioritize my life like that. I used to say, oh, I'm gonna wanna get coffee here. I wanna go work out here. No, can I work out? Do I need to wake up earlier to work out or do I work out after my working hours instead of scheduling a workout during the day? And some people have the privilege of being able to do that, but most people don't and I don't. So I have to organize my time by money-making activities. Mm -hmm. And if it's not a money-making activity, if it doesn't have, I'm not saying it might not have like a, like a direct ROI, but are you meeting with someone that you could potentially make money with in the future? Mm -hmm. Is it a business relationship you can nourish and develop? Or is it just catching up with friends or maybe yeah. meeting a new acquaintance? Yeah. So. yeah. So if you guys can't tell by the way she's talking, she is an entrepreneur and that's one of the things that I adore about you. I think you're such a boss babe. Um, she actually just came straight from looking at her final walkthrough of a house that she's buying, which is, congratulations Thank on that, you. that's big. It's, you guys don't even know. I think the biggest thing for millennials is that there is a big gap from the way our parents bought homes oh, yeah. to how you buy a home today. Oh yeah. So we often, like the information I have for buying a home is back from the 90s yeah. when oh, my yeah. parents bought a home. Mm -hmm. And after the recession, um, by the way, if you're waiting for the market to crash, it's not gonna crash because the way the banks and lenders are giving out money is so like tight knit. They're not giving out money to people left and right anymore. Um, and there's a shortage of homes and until the demand, um, the supply meets the demand, which will be probably in five to 10 years, that's when we'll start to see a downward. So if you're a millennial or Gen Z and you think you can afford to buy a house, do it, just do it. And it's an investment, You'll. it's probably now, like especially in LA, New York, Miami, Austin, like big city, Chicago, rent is the same as your mortgage. Mm -hmm. So if you have the down payment, which can be as little as 3%, it's, it's wild. It's it? wild, yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, but there's so many things that I've learned and I, one of my like passions I think this year is helping my friends get educated um, and become more literate in home buying. Yeah, absolutely. You need to put out. So if you guys want to follow any of that content, um, I know I was just asking her a few questions. <laughs> so if you want to follow any of that, I'm going to link her below. Make sure you go check her out. And speaking of checking things out, she also has a podcast and you've recently rebranded it. It's called the I Suck at Life podcast. And many of you are probably familiar with it. Um, if you like my content, it's kind of similar, but somewhat elevated. She's an OG in the scene. Um, and you've rebranded it. Tell us about so that. I started I Suck at Life, the idea came when I was in my mid to lower 20s, and I did suck at life. I mean, I still do, right? But I figured things out a little bit more. And the whole goal of the show was to help people learn how to leverage their failures and mm -hmm. successes mm -hmm. from other people who are super su successful. Yeah, sharing their journeys. Yeah, and really getting into the nitty gritty, understanding the non-glamorous side of where they got to. I Suck at Life will be rebranded to Hacking It Podcast with Yale Robert. I did a lot of like people that were key listeners and that understood the podcast. I did a lot of naming exercises, branding exercises um, to figure out, okay, what's a name yeah. that not that actually is gonna reflect, reflect yeah. the show? Mm -hmm. And essentially, you know, everyone at the end of the day my episodes are filled with life hacks. Mm -hmm. And that's like the whole goal because uh, I'm not gonna tell my whole life story, but I've literally 
failed so many times. Have a really, actually had a really hard childhood, and like, I constantly just hacked my way to a better life. And there are there are so many things where there's like a back door, a third door. There are so many different ways to do things, and I think learning from people that have done them and figuring out what works best for you and how you can tweak it to make it work for you is like so valuable. Well, that brings me to my next question. And as I mentioned earlier, so you're, you're a journalist. Yes. Um, you have worked with some of the top publications in the world. And that means knowing how to communicate. It means knowing how to ask the right questions at the right time to get to something below the surface. You know, so you can't straight away sit down with somebody and just ask them the deepest, you know, secrets. Right. You have to know how to do that. And I would love to know a little bit more about that. Like, what are your top tips when it comes to communicating? You have to be like energetically create a safe space mm-hmm. for you and whoever you're interviewing. If you come in it like so, I'm gonna interview like if you come in with a and it, it's like, the and way you defensive. Yeah, the way you the way you approach it. So the way you approach the question and also the way you posture. So it starts with you and your energy. Yeah, so it starts with you, the way you phrase the questions, the way your at your attitude, the way your tone, your I, your energy. Like yeah. I I really try to come into every situation in a room with like an open and warm energy, yeah. and I and I don't want anyone to feel threatened or unsafe or interrogated. Yeah, and some people might come at um, asking questions in a more interrogational manner, and no one likes that. Yeah, because you feel like you're in trouble. Exactly. So you want, the second tip, I always make everything very conversational. Mm-hmm. I don't like form, formalities mm-hmm. at all. I want it to be sitting down, You like how we're sitting now, we're just, you know, as if we were at a coffee shop or mm-hmm. having dinner with friends. I make everyone feel like I'm their friend. Yeah. And it's not like strategic, it's just that's how I am. Yeah. Uh, and then thirdly, I always, approach everything with empathy Mm -hmm. and I always oftentimes when you get to those uncomfortable questions or questions that are non-traditional unconventional um, like you said the nitty-gritty I always share and start with my experience first Mm, that's a great point so I that's how I create the safe space because I try to share something in the question about myself so if it's about you know, an eating disorder. I suffered from an eating disorder in high school. So I all, how I phrase it, ask someone who suffered from an eating disorder and X, Y, Z, and this was my experience, how did you Mm -hmm. X? Yep, so they felt less like they were just like, I guess they felt more understood. Right, and it wasn't just coming from a place of trying to get information the juice or the tea right my goal is never to get the tea on someone yeah you're trying to find a common ground and then they can elaborate on their experience so when i'm communicating Mm -hmm. again creating that safe space doesn't just yeah like you said posture tone body language setting your mindset in a positive way but it's the way you ask the question and also making sure in the core of the question there's empathy and they can they feel like you know they can relate to you as an interviewer. Yeah. So those are my top tips, whether it be tips. podcasting, mm-hmm. vlogging, you know, vlogging interviews, or uh, 
journal, just general journalism. Even beyond that, just even communicating in real life, you know, yeah. you're sitting down, you're at, you're at lunch with, I don't know, your, your boyfriend's parents and you want to have a discussion with them. So that the, these are great tips for all of that as and well. And with communication, I think once you become a good communicator, you're all, you also become a good negotiator. That's true. That's a really, that's a really, really good point. But you're right about the miscommunicating. Like when I think about arguments that, not that I have a lot of arguments, but yeah. even little, like, you little know, things. me and Alex will sometimes bicker about something. I'm like, you said you'd be done at this time. And he's like, well, like I told you my call could go late. Like it's just right. learning to communicate. And then like you just said, negotiating and like reaching a common ground. So that's, that's a really, really good point that you just said. So once I became, once I understood my communications, once I understand my, I know my communication style, right? Yeah. Once I understand the other individual's communication style, mm -hmm. the other party's communication style, I'm then able to reassess how I need to change my communication style to be able to get the best possible mm. solution or relationship. So, do you have any advice for, I know we've all been in those situations where you're trying to communicate with someone and they're just not opening up to you. You can tell from their body language that they're not interested in you, you know, and, and it's in it's a space where you are asking them these questions or like, I mean. Is even, it in a more professional setting or is it in a personal setting? Oh, I mean. Because it's different how you approach that. Okay, let's just say, let's do both. Let's say okay. professional. So I guess when you're at work and there's a professional setting, oftentimes, it's hard because depending on to if they're your higher ups or yeah. below or equal. So I think understanding that and one thing you can do uh, is try to understand are you is are you someone that talks better over the phone or over in writing mm -hmm. and what is the other person respond to more. So you yeah. brought up if you could just tell their body language wasn't responsive. Mm -hmm. So most likely that tells me that I need to sit down and write out my thoughts and how I feel and try to understand how they feel yeah. over an email. Interesting. So finding a different method to communicate, to communicate with them. Wow. So if that's they're a, not, that's it. That's and really vice good. versa. So if you feel like you're sending a whole paragraph or two over email and they're sending back one sentence, suggest hopping on a Zoom or a call. Yeah. So finding out what communication style again, or how they like to communicate and how they process mm -hmm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Because you could be talking to someone all you want and they haven't processed a single thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you write it down and they see they it They can mull it over and reread yeah. it. Because people have different ways of processing information. Mm -hmm. That's great. And that goes back to the, I mean, even on a personal level, like personal how you level, communicate yeah. too, because, um, you know, even in families, like the dynamic is mm -hmm. so different. I have, I have five siblings Yeah, and all of us communicate so, so differently, so differently, you know, like, so it's that same so thing. So it's the same thing. And I think with personal, maybe you can be a little bit more direct, Yeah, a little <laughs> like, more like, Hey mom, Hey dad, or like to your sibling or your yeah. partner. Like I'm not, I'm not feeling heard and I would yeah. really like, so I've done this with Mark, my fiance. I'm like, I would like to schedule a time that we can both put on our calendars that we're not occupied with anything else. Mm -hmm. I would like to sit down and discuss. Mm -hmm. And before we sit down and discuss, because I feel like we're, I'm really not being heard when I've verbally spoken to you, I'm going to send you bullet points ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it sounds really formal, but like if he's not processing the information, I was like, and I How asked do you him, do that? I was like, would it be helpful for me to do that? So you don't feel like I'm attacking you. Cause he would then feel like when I was trying to discuss things with him, I was attacking him, which I yeah. wasn't. So that's why I always yeah. 
you have to figure out, do you write, do you talk, do you do both? Yeah, and it's so funny because it also goes back to your own communication style. Like I know myself, like when I when I feel passionate about something, I can be emotional about it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I know many of us have this problem. We can be overly emotional. So I'm a cancer. I'm so I'm a cancer. Same. Cancer, cancer. <laughs> yeah. We're this literally, literally the we people. like we're right we clicked it all clicked so well. <laughs> and I can just tell. Yeah. And so being like a triple cancer, I I think I think that's what my chart is, but yeah. I I'm, I want to share. I want to. I'm very passionate, and when I feel like you said, very strongly about something, I have passion behind it. I can't be monotone. Yeah. So for that, so sometimes when I'm really upset about something, I'm not going to call them because I know that I'm just going to say like I'm really disappointed in this. Like this is blah blah blah. So I'll write it down, turn it down, <laughs> maybe get Alex to proofread it <laughs> yeah. before I make a mistake because I've got in oh, trouble yeah. before. Yeah. No, for sure. And especially when it comes to our industry, media, content creating. And being like self-employed, and you know, there's no HR you can call. Mm -hmm. There, no, there's nothing like that, no. right? Those are amazing tips, and I really love what you just said about finding someone's communication style. Because I've never thought about it like that. For me, um, it's so easy to think that I'm like, why does this not make sense to you? But you have to remember, everyone thinks so differently. Yeah. Um, you know, albeit personal or professional. So that's, exactly, that's, that's great advice. That is something that I didn't. In my lower 20s, I was like, "Why well, no one understands me, I'm so misunderstood, and like as a kid, but mm -hmm. as I got wiser and older, I realized that not everyone communicates the same way, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And so the if you're feeling misunderstood, you might, the other person might literally not like be understanding what you're saying. Not because they are like trying to be rude or ignoring you or, or disregarding your feelings or what you have to say. They just cannot process the way you're communicating. Yeah. Wow, well you've definitely given me a lot to think <laughs> about. Well, if you're looking for more content from Yola, I would definitely recommend it. She has an incredible podcast. We're gonna be linking it below, Hacking It with Yola Robert, as well as her Instagram. Definitely go check it out. She is a wealth of wisdom. Also gonna be putting out more content about real estate and housing, yes. buying and the wedding. markets, and also wedding, because guys, you didn't check it out. <laughs> Zoom in on this, this ring. I, it needs to be cleaned. Oh, you guys, uh, the biggest hack I can tell you, do not clean your engagement ring over the sink. You dropped it? I dropped it the first week I got it, and the plumber couldn't find it, and he thought we lost it, but he scraped the edges of like the the pipe, the pipes, and he found it like in gunk. So anyway. Okay, wait, I know we're ending it here, but how did you, how, was that the scariest feeling ever, telling your fiance oh, that you dropped your ring? I didn't tell, okay, so I literally had, cause you, you know you can clean diamonds and jewelry, like with toothbrush yeah, and toothpaste. Yeah. So I was like cleaning it and I and the water pressure like somehow it slipped out of my hand and it fell and I literally like wanted to throw up. And it was a big per it was expensive. Yeah. So I started to cry. I told my roommates at the time, I was like, no one opened the sink, no one used the toilet or the bathroom, nothing. I called the plumber. I sat shaking and crying until the plumber came. Plumber said he couldn't find it. I don't think, I felt this overwhelming like red and heat come over my body. And then I was like, I was like, scrape the pipes, scrape them. So we kept scraping the pipes and finally we found it. I didn't tell my fiance until after I found it. Okay. And I was like, I have to tell you something. He's like, what did you do? 
And I was like, well, I fixed it. He's like, what did you do? I said, I lost the ring for like five hours. And he's like, like he was like, wait, what? I just given it to you. I was like, but I, but it's on my hand now. We, oh we got it goodness. back. And the first thing I did that day, I ordered a Clarisonic, it's called a Clarisonic Ultrasonic like a, yeah, Ring Cleaner. Breaks. They work well. Yeah, and I and also another hack, put Windex in there with ah, the hot water. It cleans it really well. So make sure you have insurance on your ring, don't clean it over the sink, and buy an Ultrasonic. I like it. You had it here. You had it here first. Thank you, Yola. Thank you I appreciate so much you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And yeah. we'll see you guys very, very soon. Bye.